this computer. This meeting is being recorded. All right, ladies and gentlemen, joining us on the latest episode of the podcast today, the voice of Detroit morning traffic across the radio dial. Please welcome Mr. Dennis Newbacher, everybody. Hey, Chad, how are you? Good, Dennis. How are you doing, buddy? Good, good. I'm doing great. Doing I'm, great. I'm glad you had time to fit me into your incredibly busy schedule. And uh, uh, Well, you're a busy man, too, so yeah, no, well, no worries. Well, <laughs> We're all busy, aren't we, nowadays? What do, they say, what do they say? No sleep for the wicked, I think, is how yes, it's supposed to go. Yeah, or the weary. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sleep when you can. That's what yeah, you do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Both of us tend to maintain almost vampire type hours. I can imagine your schedule's the same way, Chad. Absolutely, yeah. you betcha. Yeah. You bet. Perfect. I kind of well, like it. I, I'm used to it. I, I wake up at you know two two thirty in the morning almost every morning, even even on the weekends or my wow. or when I'm on vacation. My body clock will, oh, will yeah. wake me up and, and and say, "Hey, okay, it's two o'clock in the morning," and I'll go, "Oh my goodness, it's Saturday or Sunday." <laughs> but then I get a glass of juice, let the dog out, and go right back to sleep and wake up a few hours later oh, unless nice. i'm working monday through friday and then i get going you know and, yeah. get, and get prepared because i need i need to be to the radio station in southfield by around 4 4 15. now i don't like to be there any later oh, okay. uh, just because i like to be prepared and like to check check all the different traffic websites and so sure. on so when i'm on wwj in the morning starting at five i'm ready you know yeah. I'm, I'm i'm prepared and uh i review stuff that happens the day before and 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 plan for what's happening you know in the in the near future and even in the distant future when it comes to new construction right. and anything that might be happening and the weather is obviously a big factor this time of year yeah. it's a factor all the time this summer we had all the flooding last summer as you yeah. know which yeah. was a mess for a lot of people yep. and that messed up traffic pretty badly but the snow is is huge uh not a lot of folks are working from home like we're they're doing what we're doing right yep. zoom meeting yep. from home which it it keeps them off the road and you as a first responder you know what that's like you want people off the road if you can <laughs> yeah. because you can get to where you need to go safely and yeah. as precipitously as possible but also we need to let them the plows do their job and yep. the trucks to get in and, and the wreckers and to move re, remove vehicles that are, are blocking traffic so it, the, the the fewer the vehicles that are on the road the the, the less that there is a chance that that's going to cause a problem for other people so these you know home from home meetings now and home working from home is going to school from home yeah. in this instance, you know, bad weather works out pretty well. Now my older kids are incredibly thankful. Zoom didn't exist when they were younger, but my, <laughs> young, my youngest is a sophomore and I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Uh, but I have got her thoroughly convinced with this mega snowstorm we're about to get that right. even, even if it's a snow day, they're just going to send an email. Oh, we're just doing remote learning today. So she's not going to get the day off. So she is beside herself right now <laughs> because she, she's got her Wednesday, Thursday planned out with menu options. And I think a, a full binge on a combination of friends and how I met your mother and sure. She's she's sure. a she's a Netflix junkie and uh, well this I'll tell you what this this whole this pandemic has changed our lives in so many ways and the, yeah. the young people like your your daughter they're so sharp when it comes to the the work we're doing right here they they're able to find the button I can hand my phone to my 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 nephews and say you know I'm having a little trouble with something could you show me what I'm doing wrong here and within a few seconds it's like well here yeah. Uncle Dennis you know this is yeah. this is what you do yeah. and then it's like wow that was yeah. fast 
Yeah, and, I, and they'll and and they but they try to help you understand it as well. So there's a lot nowadays. It's you have to do it, so you might as well learn it. Yeah, but it is not always easy, and it kind of it, it kind of you know puts you out there. You you got you got to realize, hey, you got to do it. If, if yeah. you don't do it, then how are you going to figure? How are you going to do this? You're going to get on the yeah. phone. Well, phone works, I guess. But <laughs> this, these the Zoom and other types of meetings are are working now, video wise. Yeah, all the, uh, it, for a lot of people. I will say sometimes it still personally hurts me though that somehow I went from being the guy that programmed my grandparents vcr to now having to have my yeah. kids show me how stuff works i'm like how yeah where, where did this happen how did i miss the transition yeah. <laughs> you know yeah well you know it, it yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's <laughs> the new world that's okay yeah, yeah. we'll I mean, get out of the way for the young people to to handle it for us now yes yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's you know i i feel like uh you know, my next natural progression now that I don't know how technology works is to stand in the door and yell at the neighbor kids to get off my grass. I figure that's the next step in this yeah, process. Right. You know? Well, there's still there's still there's still a necessity for that, you know. <laughs> yeah. But for, but for me, you know, the the technology is is changed traffic reporting. When I first started in 1983, I was flying a helicopter and we would we would report from what we saw yeah. uh, versus yeah. and, and add add in maybe scanner traffic. Yep. from the police and fire departments and then also from michigan emergency patrol which was a volunteer group that wjr really put in place in the early 80s to kind of get information traffic information to people uh those were places that we got the information we have two-way radios in the helicopter and we we talk with the folks from michigan emergency patrol or from the newsroom at wjr and things have changed over the years there became traffic organizations that came along uh, metro traffic and shadow traffic and now there are a number of other different organizations in the country yeah. that process the traffic information you can get traffic anywhere you want anytime you want yeah anytime on the computer as you know as you know which is good yeah. for me so i can get that information and sort it out and then get it to our listeners you know, yeah. when, when I'm on the air from five to 10 in the morning. Um, but back then it was, you got what you saw and then you reported that yeah. now it's a much more thorough, uh, uh, broadcast because you're getting tipster calls. You're getting information from police departments. We're on Twitter. We're getting the information from these uh, different organizations that we trust that we get the information from, uh, we get the cameras on the on the freeways, not only here, but outstate as well. And most states have these cameras now. So yeah. if you said you wanted to drive, let's see, for instance, my daughter lives outside of Memphis, Tennessee. When we want to drive to, to her house, we'll get on the com computer. We'll check out the the, the uh, cameras in, for on OGO, Ohio uh, government uh, website for, for uh -huh. their traffic, which is fantastic. You find out what's going on there. Go through Kentucky. Uh, and, and to Tennessee and then eventually to Mississippi to check out the traffic on those roads there. So anybody can do it anytime. Yeah. Google Maps, of course, is what's being used. Waze is another one yeah. uh, that, that our station uses too. So there are a variety of ways. And I am reminded when I first started doing traffic that a lot of folks would say to me, well, it's just earwash. And I would laugh. <laughs> I'd say, oh, well, okay, I guess it is. And so, and so on. But now I know people that want what's happening now to have been told yesterday that was going to happen now <laughs> yeah. because they're so frustrated by the the, the uh, construction zone that they were in or the traffic yeah. accident that they had. So the problem is, is that so many people lose time and from time comes uh, productivity. So yeah. billions of dollars are lost from traffic uh, yeah. snarls, from traffic jams. 
these people stuck on the road. Uh, so you have to figure out a way to help them uh, get through those and, and get to their destination. Now with this remote learning and remote uh, broadcast and people working from home, who knows how much that will change in the years to come. Yeah. Uh, there's traffic is different. It was when we first had the pandemic, I was hardly any traffic on the road. Yeah. I remember and, but that. Now, yeah. It's come back. It, it's come back a bit is, you know, mm -hmm. and so things have changed. So you kind of watch things ebb and flow a little bit based on what, weather, technology, what's happening with the pandemic, what's happening in people's lives. It's been a very interesting time. You know, we're going now to autonomous vehicles eventually. Um, things are different. And yeah. so, but traffic for me, and I wasn't the first traffic reporter in Detroit. There were guys back in the back in the 60s that were doing it for WJBK radio. And then they progressed to, of course, Jojo Shetty McGregor back for the for CKLW many years ago, flying in a, in a helicopter. I knew the guy that used to fly that her around in the helicopter. A few people that did that. There was Pat Monks and John Sherwin on WWJ many years ago that would do traffic from the Stroh's helicopter. Um, and uh, Pat and, and, and John. John's still around. I say I talk to John every once in a while. Uh, but. I worked for WJR and then from WJR, I went to channel seven and I was at JR doing just traffic work with JP McCarthy in the morning for many yeah. years. And then from there, <clears> I went to channel seven, worked with Eric Smith and then Alicia Smith eventually came to the station and many other people along the way, but we did breaking news and traffic from a helicopter for channel seven for, for many years. That was very interesting work and a camera on board and the camera would zoom in. I had a, a, a person who was a videographer with me, Brian Smith, who did that work with me all the years that I did it. And we would, we would cover some things that were unbelievable. You wouldn't know you have to stop. I couldn't even tell you, Chad, what we, we covered. That's how much stuff we covered. Yeah. You could zoom in with that camera from a thousand feet or 500 feet and see the action. And whether it was, whether it was, you know, covering a, a uh, loss of somebody or a, or, or a, a bad a road problem or somebody uh, drowning or, yeah. or th things happen. You, you'd see it from the helicopter yeah. and most of it, you know, a lot of stuff like that, you don't, you just don't show, but we would see lots of stuff. And it was, it was quite uh, incredible uh, what we covered from that helicopter and then things changed and no longer through that helicopter went on to, to other things, but things, you know, the immediacy of the, of the information and the need for that information and how it helps people is what's really important to me is trying to hopefully get that information to our listeners at WWJ every morning from, from five until 10. And um, we have that traffic and weather every together on the eights. That was a, whoever decided that many years ago, that was a great plan. People, you can plan for that. You know that the traffic is coming. Something breaks, we get on even before that. But we're, we really work hard at making sure that traffic information is uh, broadcast as, as soon as possible. Of course, correctly. You don't want right. to tell the wrong thing, but it happens. Do the best you can to correct it, and you move along kind of thing. Yeah. You just don't want to let people get stuck somewhere or have to wait too long to get to their destination so they have that information in hand maybe before they leave the house, leave the yeah. office. I have, when you talked about traffic and weather on the eights, that is so ingrained in my head with regards to uh, 950 that even if yeah. I'm driving, listening to another podcast, or maybe I'm just listening to music, or maybe I'm just off of my own thoughts and it's quiet, but traffic starts to bog down. It's almost like it's muscle memory. I instinctively look at the yeah. clock like, uh, yeah. oh, sh I got three minutes to wait before they tell me what the problem is up there. You know? Right, right. <clears throat> but it works. It works, yeah. doesn't it? It's a, that, was, that was a great mind uh, you know, um, jogger. For, for yeah. it, it does, it, I do the same thing as you do, Chad. I was like, oh, boom. When I'm out driving, I want to make sure 
if I'm going to the airport to pick up my wife or to take get my daughter or to go to drop off somebody to, at the airport, I'm, I'm checking 275 and 94. And there's ways you can do it at home. The, the yeah. People you necessarily have to wait and listen to the station. We love it if you do. I, I, I'm proud of working for WWJ. It's a great station to work with wonderful people. And I work with Roberta, Jacina, and right. Jason Scott right now in the mornings. And they're great to work with. Roberta's been uh, been in broadcasting a long time and knows the city like the back of her hand. And so the information that we can get on and so on. But you can also go to MI uh, Drive. Uh, on, on your computer. And my right. drive is through the Michigan Department of Transportation. You can look at the state. It shows all the cameras, all the freeways, all the traffic flows, where the plows are. And you can look there on those cameras and you can generally see things from those cameras. They don't all work all the time, but most of them do. Right. But you can also, if it indicates there's a crash, you can see where that crash is. You can see how many lanes are blocked. And then you can plan your travels if you, even if you don't listen to the station, right? You you can still plan your travels by looking at MI Drive or Google Maps or Waze. If yeah. you're a Wazer, you can find out, um, and you can get to your destination. That's what people are doing. I just am old fashioned, Chad. I've been old fashioned. <laughs> you know, I'll be 69 years old here soon, and I'm proud of being able to do the work for many years because it's given me a chance to really keep growing and keep it. You know, keep learning and and, and try to progress this the, the traffic reporting so it helps. Our, our, our listeners, but I'm, I'm still old fashioned. I want somebody to listen to it on the station. Right. I don't want somebody to look at their computer, which as you know, as a police officer, you people to drive distracted all the time. I know oh, I did yeah. too. I mean, stop at a drive through you're eating a hamburger, you got your hands full, you drop your burger on the ground and you run into something, you know, or you, or you miss a turn or you yeah. go through a stop sign. There's only, there's only so much you can do. And now I know now, when I'm looking down at the radio, just to change the radio station, that few seconds for me are, are like, wow, oh, I yeah. missed something. And yeah. a lot of people don't pay attention to that, but they're looking. And thank goodness that we have some of the technology in our vehicles, but some of it is so sophisticated, so much there. Um, and I've seen people I've driven by. You've, I know you have. I, people are, they have their phones taped to their steering columns. Oh, yeah. they, have, they have them up here on a mount. And people are looking at, they're watching television as they're driving. Oh, yeah. And I keep yep. thinking to myself, you can't, you can't do that. You, yep. but I, I, I can't, you can hear me say <laughs> that, but I know what it was. It is for me. I can't do it. So yep. those distractions, I'm trying to get people to keep two hands on the wheel, eyes on the road. Yep. It's, and, it's, and, and, and listen and listen to what's going on. Even you know? before technology got, where everybody is with a smartphone now. I, I've been in the law enforcement world now, well, oh, two weeks from now, it's going to be 24 years. And oh, you've seen some changes. Wow. Yeah. it's But I can still even remember back in the late 90s, uh, you know, uh, I would see people driving down the road, reading the newspaper as they're going. Oh, uh, like and they, yeah. they've just progressed now. Instead of having the full uh, sheet of newsprint, they're just reading it on their phone as they go, uh, you know. And yeah. I, I work, I work at night, so obviously I see it a lot. Oh, well, you can just, see the glow of the phone yeah, on their yeah, face. Yeah, it's like it's like they got a stage light in their car, you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, exactly you know, right. What are you doing? Well, you know, uh, trying to beat my friend on this Angry Birds or what? I'm like, you're five miles from home. Like, are you yeah. willing? Are you willing to hurt yourself or somebody else or potentially kill somebody over a, a video game? You know, but it's right. right. Everybody, well, I think so, they're trying. Yeah, I think they're trying to change the law in Michigan too. I think yeah. it's in the process of going through this 
through the state legislature well, about distracted driving. I mean, and that sounds, I mean, right now you can, you can come to a stop sign and you can look at your phone and you can call, but yeah. the minute you're driving, you have to stop. You can't do that. And I don't know how people make that transition because we both, we've all, you and I have waited behind somebody and just kind of scratch your head and say, well, I, I can see their heads down looking at their phone. Yep. Let's see how long it takes for them to realize it's green now yep. and we're, we've got to go. And a lot of times it takes people 10, 15 seconds to finally yep. realize that they're, they haven't moved yep. and, the, and the light's green. Yep. Or, it, or, or it's, it started to cycle back through and it's yellow and then they panic right. and try and jolt through the intersection real quick. Oh, there you and, go. You've seen now. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Oh my goodness. Well, and I think, yeah. and, and you know, in downtown Plymouth, I've been walking around downtown Plymouth, and I'm thinking, what's everybody on their phone for? They're all looking down at their phone as they're walking. So I stopped a young guy one day, and I, young gal, they're nice people, nice couple, nice young couple. I said, what are you doing? I said, you're looking at your phone. Everybody's looking at their phone. What's everybody doing? Well, they're playing a game, yeah. or something like that. I said, I said, okay, I, I get it, but did you know I just watched somebody walk in front of a car on mm -hmm. Main Street here through downtown Plymouth? And stopped them and told them, I said, hey, you almost got hit by this car. Oh, they'll stop for me. <laughs> well, I don't think I trust that. Yeah, unless but apparently the, uh, that phone has become a huge distraction, oh, yeah. a huge focus point. And so for me as a traffic reporter, we say, listen, call us if you come across a problem. But I keep thinking to myself, well, that's kind of, kind of counterintuitive here. <laughs> I don't really want to tell people to call unless they can do it hands-free and still keep their eyes on the road. And I think there's a lot of technology that allows yeah. you to do that. Now I don't have it in my car, um, but you know, it's, it's in my, I have the Bluetooth, but I, yeah. but I still have to punch a button. I still have to, I can't just ask for the, the phone number. Yeah. I guess. Now, Maybe now I still see, haven't figured that out. You know? My, my car is a couple of years old. Uh, so I can't just dial random numbers like you can now, but if I have you stored in uh, my contacts, I can just say to my car, call WWJ. At, like, oh, see, have, oh, that's great. I click a like a little, um, I guess it looks like a guy talking into a microphone button on my steering wheel. And okay. the, the, it, the whatever assistant pops up and I just say it. It's kind of like talking to Siri or Alexa even. You okay. just say it and boom, it'll start dialing. That's, that's great. So, now that makes sense to be able to do that, right? Yeah. That's undistracted. You're still keeping your eyes on the road in the process or most of the time. Yep. You know, so, and so, and I'm not trying to criticize, I'm not criticizing people for their driving. I, I, I've driven distracted. I know you, you know, you're eating a sandwich or you're, you're, you know, uh, a, a burger or whatever you stop it. Yeah. Drive-throughs have changed everything. You know, I, I get yeah. it. So, so we're all guilty of it, but the, the severity of that guilt, depending upon the conditions and the speed, as you know, and all those things, all those factors that you take into consideration when you're doing accident investigations, they all play a factor. Yeah. And some people, you see their videos and, and they're they're posted as the last video they made because they died <laughs> yeah. a minute later in the, yep. in the crash. That tears your guts out. These are yeah. parents who are seeing their kids die. They, their kids were gone just moments later in a crash. Yeah, because they drove distracted. It's not just young people. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying that's what happened. How could you go through life not knowing that that happened? Right. That would be just devastating. To me. Well, yeah. and like you said, with regards to the drive-through, uh, you know, people have been eating in their cars for decades now. Not to yeah. say that that's necessarily any better than driving distracted, but I think it's different. 
especially when it starts even from dusk till dawn uh because like when i drive my car whether it's my personal car or even the car at work i turn every light on in the in the car as low as i can get it Makes sense. uh whether it's the the control panel or uh, you know in the police car i turn that laptop laptop down as low as i can get it that, that so, improves your night vision doesn't yeah it? so i don't have that glowing in my face i can still see out everything that's going on um good idea but we had to do that flying wise flying wise they they have red lights or blue you know certain lights on the panel green and red are are very very important lights that uh help with night vision yeah it's super important yeah and but i will see you know like like i said uh, eating a burger while you're trying to get from work to your kids gymnastics meet or what have you that's always going to exist no matter what um yeah you're right but the ones that actually worry me the most is like somebody will be driving at me let's say it's 11 o'clock at night and the entire inside of their car is lit up because they're looking at something or they're reading something and I think, and I guess this maybe will make me sound, I don't know if I want to say old fashioned or what. Uh, I almost think the, because we have the ability to have any piece of information we want in real time at any time. I almost think that to a certain point, that's a little detrimental to us because, you know, I think if I'm driving, whether it's to work, to grandma's house, wherever I'm going, I probably don't need to know while I'm driving what year ZZ Top was formed on Wikipedia. You know, <laughs> I, is that that's really? It, I I don't mean to laugh, but you're right. But it isn't, every, it isn't that it isn't that important. No, but every one of us is so conditioned to having access to everything right at our fingertips that I think it just becomes second nature. Maybe you hear something on the radio, or you just be listening. To, you know, I wonder. Did they start in 83 or 84? And you just instinctively look it up uh, because that's what you would like. If you're sitting on the couch or at the kitchen table, that's what you're going to do. And Mm -hmm. I don't in that in that split second, I don't think your mind realizes, hey, I'm not just chilling on the couch right now. I'm going 75 miles an hour with 300 other cars around me. I think it's just so conditioned in all of us that you don't even realize in that moment that I probably shouldn't be doing this. You know? Well, and I, I was th- reading, I, I read a lot of these things as you, as you, I know you guys are constantly uh, talking about stopping distance and when it comes to weather conditions and so on. And one of the ones that I read was the one on ice where if you're going 55 miles per hour, if it, the reaction time is, is you build the reaction time in and the stopping distance and at 55 miles per hour, it takes you two football lengths to stop. Yeah on ice. Yep. Now there's no way, unless you have 20 lengths of car lengths ahead of you that you're even going to have or 10, at least 10 to 15 in, in icy conditions. And yet in those conditions, we still have people like myself driving too close at times. You, 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 the brakes, you have to react. You have what, one and a half seconds to react. If it takes you that long to react, yep. maybe less, maybe more, then you've got to stop the vehicle. And, and if you and if you don't stop it in time, you're going to rear end somebody. It's your fault. Yep. You're driving too fast for conditions, as you know. And yep. so, but that two two football field lengths, that's 600 feet. I could yeah. not get over that, Chad. I thought, wow. Yeah. And on it, ice at 55 miles an hour. Well, that's how the, long it takes you to come to a stop. 
the other problem that most people don't realize is when you get into a crash, let's say you uh, uh, get into like a head-on crash, maybe one person crosses the center line. And let's maybe it's not even freeway or highway conditions. Maybe you're just in the middle of a neighborhood, so you're both going 25 to 30 miles an hour. Even though your vehicle comes to an automatic stop by that collision happening, every part of your physical fiber is still moving at 30 miles an hour. I've had instances, yeah, I've had instances wow. where, wow. Uh, not to get terribly graphic, but you know, you had somebody that, you know, they get out of the car and they look just fine. And then all of a sudden the color fades out of their face, and boom, down they go. Oh, wow. And you find out after the ambulance takes them to the hospital that there was still just enough inertia in that collision that it, tore a, a small hole in their aorta or something when boom they come to an immediate stop oh. and so a lot of people are wow. always convinced that major injuries come from high speed crashes but i've seen countless times where the injuries can be just as severe if not sometimes even worse if you're traveling at like residential speed because uh you know that's i think for most people, the slower you're going, and especially if you're in the neighborhood where you live, so you're comfortable, you're more relaxed. So yeah, that's a good point. You're you know, right. Didn't you they not, say years ago? I think AAA had some statistics many years ago that you're you're, you're worse. You're, you're likely to get into a crash closer to close to oh, home. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that so that what you're saying rings true here, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. That most people, most people that I deal with that are in car crashes they're probably within about five miles of home, you know? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. still people I deal with that are 30, 50, a hundred miles away from home, but the vast sure, majority sure. of them live, you know, within a stone's throw of where yeah. the crash happened at because they're on home turf. They're paying attention right. to everything else because they don't need right. to look at street signs because they know where they are. So it makes, makes you wonder whether or not, and you guys are probably talking about it as well, these uh, driverless cars, the autonomous vehicles, and whether that's going to really, uh, we won't see it. I won't see it as much. And of course, it, we, we're, our age is such that there'll be a few generations, your your daughter probably more, my daughter yeah. uh, and my grandkids will, will see it more where there's going to be more autonomous vehicles and autonomous vehicles have the potential to really cut crash injuries down. Right. Yeah. Because you're taking the human, what you're talking about all along, the human error out of it. I, I was a, I've been a pilot for 50 years. So I know human error is 75 to 80 percent of the crashes right. in, in the air. It's pilot well, error. It's and error. I, so and you, I'm thinking that's got to be the, ca the case as well. Now, I don't know how long it's going to take for us to get to that point. Uh, and whether we'll ever get to that point, because I know how much many of us love driving our cars. But, <laughs> you know, it is it is possible that that could change things in the yeah. future and that'll, I won't see it, but yeah. I'm hoping you don't want to have people die in crashes. And if that yeah. helps, I guess that's great. But in the meantime, we got to do something in between to yeah. stop the, reduce yeah. the crashes and, and, and reduce the injuries in crashes. Yeah. Well, and I, I know I've read this before, but with you being a, a pilot, you can probably shed a little more light on it. Uh, like I think scientifically proven, it's safer to fly than it is to drive a, a personal automobile, right? Well, I, I I guess it is. You know, you 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 have fewer chances of running into things. But number <laughs> one, that 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 reduces the impact right possibility right there. Uh, 
but you know there are other factors that are involved in aviation that you have to take into consideration that you don't in driving but i found when i first started flying i started flying when i was 16 years old i took my first airplane ride at national airport on ford road in westland my dad took me out i-275 wasn't even built at the time and then took lessons on the other side of now i-275 at plymouth metatol airport and before i graduated from high school i had my pilot's license but i noticed that my flying helped me become a better driver and my driving helped me to pay attention to certain things in my flying too but right. they both helped they kind of helped each other you know and then of course all the things that i reported on and i saw and as an air ambulance helicopter pilot i think has helped me to become educated but you not everybody is educated that way i don't think right. i'm a great driver but not everybody is a great driver so you have to, you're always got your head on a swivel and you're always paying attention to what's going on. And if you don't, you're, you're going to get into trouble. There's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt about it. But I think the flying helped me become, I think, a better driver uh -huh. because the flying, you know, there's certain things in flying that I did by doing a checklist. And I kind of do the checklist thing in my mind as a, as a driver, I'm still, you know, how, you know, how do the, I, I walk around my car a lot before I get into it. I know you guys do as police officers. I watch you do that all the time. You got yeah. your inspection of your vehicle, tire pressures, fluids, everything has to be proper. I think all those things as a pilot, I was always so concerned about making sure I had enough gas in the, in the gas tanks to fly, <laughs> you know, but you know, so those little things, they cross over. It's yeah. like, whoa, we, I, me, like when the snow's coming, like these big storms we have, get your car full of gas. Don't yep. be stuck in the road with no gas. They say in the Upper Peninsula early on in the winter until people get used to it, they find people stuck. They come up from the lower part of the state or they're driving from other parts of the country who are driving to the Upper Peninsula. And there are so long a distance in between available gas stations yeah. that they run out of gas. Yep. And they're running out of gas in some very rural areas up there. <laughs> so. The 8th District of the Michigan State Police, they respond to a lot of, of uh, drivers who are stranded yeah. up there until you get used to making sure you plan ahead for that. But I think the flying helped me do that, helped me learn maps. So I'm still old map guy. I don't know about you, Chad. I'm yeah. still, I know that you can do it on Google and I know you can do it on your GPS, but then GPS, you have to plug in. Yeah. So unless you can do it voice-wise, like you said on your radio, then you, I want to go to you know, Dairy Queen. Yeah. you know around the corner you know how do i get there kind of thing i guess if you can do that fine but for me the map is still i still like to look at maps and so the aviation is the uh, the, the maps but now yeah. in aviation they have these little laptops they have up on their on their cockpits my my son-in-law is a pilot for fedex corporation he flies the 767 and mm -hmm. they have little laptops up there and they're they're looking at their laptops and these are approved by the faa and you know you still have to the they're still all the other instruments you're looking at in the 767s which are pretty sophisticated but the laptop gives you your approach plate your your some of the other things that you need to to plan for your approach and arrival at, at the other airport and your and your and and your travels the, the route of flight that you're doing all these things are all kind of working together it's impressive the, yeah. the technology but it's using the technology that's i mean it's great to have it it's great to have a gun but you got to know how to shoot a gun right <laughs> right so you yeah. it, 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 the car is a gun I mean, yeah. let's face it. My, I, one of the most important things for me as a kid is I wanted to get my pilot's license, but my driver's license was, oh, I could not wait to get my yeah. driver's license. To what I didn't know at that time, Chad, that I do know now as a driver who's been driving for 50, 60, not 60 years, but 50 years, it's frightening. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely <laughs> frightening, but yeah. I don't know. And you know, 
because you guys are you guys are doing it all the time. I'm so impressed with the work that you guys do. But, you know, as a young driver, you don't know. And then as an older driver, now as I'm getting older, I've got to pay more attention. Yeah. You got to watch your, you got to get your eyes checked. You've got to get your hearing checked. You've got to do, you've got to be, you got to stay on top of things. If not, get out of the car. Yeah. Don't, yeah. You so let somebody else drive. Well, and know? I think, you know, because it's I, a projectile. <laughs> obviously, with, with the travel that I do doing stand up comedy, um, I've had a chance to get, you know, 15, 1600 miles away from the metro area at times. Uh, I think it's simply because this is the motor city, if you will. Yeah. Uh, people here, they just want to, this is probably going to be the, I think the hardest region in the country to convince people around here to rely or accept like a mass transit system, like the subways in New York or Chicago, because Cars have been such a part of our lives since we were, you know, I, li- old I lived in New York walk. for a short. Yeah, I lived in New York for a very short period of time in 1982, and Chad, I have to tell you, I loved riding the subway and yeah. the train and the bus. It was I could, I would do my crossword puzzle, read, do the look at the newspaper. Of course, it's different now, but you know what? It was wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I didn't care if I had my car. Yeah, and I met people there that didn't even have a license. Oh yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, I think there's, there's, there's a rather significant popular part of the population in New York City that, you know, they're in their thirties, forties, and fifties, and they've never driven a car in their entire life. I can imagine they don't. Yeah, you know? yeah, but you know, it's a re- a huge responsibility. So, so, but the, so the flying, I think, for me, helped me become a better driver, and vice versa. And then I rode motorcycles off and on over the years, and that, you know, I, I. I I learned things from the, the the flying, and I think that I took to fr- the the motorcycling, the motorcycling to the flying, just really paying attention, you know, air pressure proper. I mean, are you doing the right thing? Are you keeping your eyes open? You know, um, it, it's all those things all play a, a significant part in driving safely, and for me, flying safely yeah. it helped it helped immensely as well. You know, because the technology is 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 there too. It's yeah. it's huge everywhere. Technology is huge in the aircraft, in the car. Everywhere we go, it's how you use it to make it a, a better yeah. day for you, a better trip for you. Well, and I don't know if this happens to you or not, but sometimes it happens to me. Like I'll sit, because uh, sometimes at work I'll, I'll I'll deal with elderly people, you know, seventies, eighties, nineties. I've dealt with I've dealt with people that are uh, over a hundred years old before that surprisingly wow. are sharp as a tack. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but sometimes I find myself when I leave their house and I start to drive away, I sit and think, I'm shocked by how much things have changed since, let's just say, I was a teenager. Yeah, I can't imagine what it's like to be a teenager and 70 years later, life as you know it is almost 180 degrees different than what it was when you were, you know. Yeah, you know, the, just the, uh, <laughs> I just laugh because I remember when my grandparents got their first VCR, you know, the remote control was still, you know, about this big and, you know, you yeah, need two yeah. hands to hold it. <laughs> and I remember my the look on my grandfather's face. He was a, a, a you know, he fought in World War II. Uh, you know, he was born um, in the early 20s uh so by the time he was like 13 or 14 the great depression had a full grip on the country and for then you know 
fast forward 50 years and now he's got this big clunky remote in his hand and it's just it's like he's trying to read german for the first time he's just like yeah like the look on his face he just i tried to explain it to him and within about 30 seconds he's just like your grandmother will have to work this i don't even want to touch it you know <laughs> so now i like i think now you know my god if he was still around now like uh, and I, I put yeah. this would probably make me sound rude, but I, for a minute, I'd love to be a fly on the wall to try and watch him work a smartphone and yeah. see how long yeah. it takes for that thing to just get tossed in a drawer and never touched well, again. But like you, like you said, I mean, I've, I've talked to older folks older than me. My, my, my father-in-law is going to be 90 years old here in a couple of weeks and he's as sharp as a tack and he can do a lot of the things that I can't do. And I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, how did you do that? But he's just, you know, they're just capable, they're, the capabilities, the possibilities are there. If you give somebody the tools yeah, and teach them and, and give them an opportunity to use them, you know, they can do a lot with these tools. I, yeah. I, I find it myself. I can do that and other people as well. You just got to find the right instructor, the right person to help you to, yep. to do that. You got to have patience with yourself and patience with, with others at, at the same time. So um, it's uh hey, you know, it's an interesting world we live in. I wouldn't want to do anything different. I mean, yeah. I, I I keep saying to myself, I know there's a heaven, but uh, man, I'm lived to heaven on earth, and I'm <laughs> sure fortunate. You know, things have things have been great for me and my family and the, most of my loved ones, and so on. We've all had our ups and downs, and so on. But you know, it's been an interesting time, and, yeah. the, and the world just keeps getting more and more interesting. Yeah. Uh, and 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 being at the station like I am in the morning. And WWJ, it's like so interesting for that five hours, not just from a traffic standpoint, from the weather changing, the sports that's on, the news. It's it's such an interesting news cycle. And you're watching what's happened last night, what's going to come up during the day. It's it's a a whole the whole process is so engaging, you know, and it just you just want that information is so interesting to me. And as a news person for so many years, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled to be yeah. part of it. You can, you can wear yourself out on it. I, I, oh. I, I grant you. And like you said, you can at the wrong time, want to, you get so used to wanting to get that information while well, I got Google's right there. I think I'll find out what, you know, what, what, the lead singer for ZZ top, like you said, who's the lead yeah. singer. you look down on your phone as you're driving and that's where it's not a great place to yep. do it. You know, they got to pick and choose when you do these kind of things, I guess. Now, uh, not to, totally shift gears on you but uh, i'm just thinking because you were talking about going into the radio station every day i just have a quick question simply with regards to roberta um sure i only obviously uh, i've just had the chance to hear her voice for lots of years on the radio but by listening to her for as long as i have and correct me if i'm wrong she sounds to me like whether the on-air button is on or not she's the same, like, I don't want to say high energy. I guess I'm not sure exactly how to describe it, but she yeah. doesn't strike me as the type of person where as soon as click, it goes to commercial that she flips and turns into like, she just seems like she's yeah. just a, the nicest lady all the time. Happy to see you. Oh, Hey Dennis, you need a, uh, yeah. a refill on that coffee. You know, like, I think, I think that's a, I think that's a fair perception. I, I, I've known Roberta now. I, 
many years ago, I used to listen to her and we'd listen to each other. She so she said, we, but we never worked together for early on. I've started in the mid seventies in broadcasting and, and in late seventies in the Detroit area. And she was about the same time, maybe a little bit, maybe before, a little about after about the same time she was working for stations in the Detroit area. So we'd hear each other's voices, but we never worked together. And then of course, WWJ, she's been there now. I believe it's, I want to say it's over 30 years. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's almost 40 years as a matter of fact. So she's been there most of her broadcasting career, but it consistently, one of the finest people, uh, professional broadcasters, and just a fine human being, period. I mean, she just really is like what you hear. She's a, a lovely person. She really is. But she's very... She, you, don't don't you know misconstrue that for, for somebody who <laughs> sounds kind but is not is not with the program i mean right. if anybody's with the program it's roberta she's oh, on top sure. of things yeah, yeah. sharp as a tack knows what's going on very intelligent very smart about things remembers things from the past you know knows what's going on in the community she's on top of things and i'm, I'm not just saying this because we're talking but she really is a knowledgeable thoughtful sure. professional broadcaster newscaster and a fine person great family uh you know and, and great history in the detroit area she loves the detroit area um, she's a homer, I think, you know, of course I'm mm -hmm. a Lions fan, but I always, well, I'm always saying go Lions and she chuckles and things like that. But, yeah. you know, she's a, she's a, she's a Lions fan. We are, we are fans of Detroit. I love the city and she loves this city. And yeah. that comes out as a broadcaster. If you can't hear that, you're missing yeah. something. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's, that's her. There's a few people in town that you can tell that on, t on radio and television. Yeah. Um, I could probably name their names, but it's the most important person here is Roberta and she is who you hear. Yeah. She's I, fabulous. She's I wonderful that, work with. I get that feeling from Roberta. Uh, yeah. She's retired now, but I got that feeling from Carmen Harlan. Oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you, Eric, you can... Eric Smith in the morning. Yep. Eric Smith, Bill Bill Bonds, yeah. you know Mort Krim, you know, yeah. and, and Mort Krim was from another from another part of the country, yeah. settled here. Fabulous broadcasters, these people, but homers, people who really loved yeah. the community. And there are so many others. You said, like you said, we could list them. There, the list is long. Yeah, fully. You know, this is a tough. This is not for everybody, a city for everybody, Detroit. No. I mean, it just isn't. We no, know that. It really, really, we, I, I get it. I get that it's for a lot of people, it's not. But you know what? It's it's a great city. It's a hardworking city. The people here are cool. I love I love being, I mean, I've known I've known people from all parts of the community, south, down river, on the east side, up north, everywhere. We know people yeah. all over, all over the all over the state of Michigan, friends, family, and so on. And to to a person they just, they love, they love being here. Yeah. You get settled. You get settled here. You don't like some of the things you don't like the winter, but I, I think to myself, my gosh, we don't have earthquakes. Yeah. We don't have major storms. Yeah, we don't no. have hurricanes. We yeah. don't have really very few. We have very few tornadoes. We don't have some of the, you know, we have mudslides, major fires. So it's a great area. It's a pretty benign area and it's a beautiful state, Michigan. And yeah. really the Detroit area has had an industrial revolution hundred plus years ago. Let's face it; it made a big impact. My dad worked for Ford Motor Company for almost forty years. I mean, it, that's what that's what what he liked doing. That's what a lot of my, our neighbors and our friends and family they work for the auto industry, still work for the auto industry, or something related to the auto industry. So it's a great city. You get a person like Roberta on the air who's that type of you know person who has been in this community and grown up in this community and and believes in it. And that's yeah. when you brought when you broadcast it you can tell that she knows it. 
yeah. you, you know, you're going to listen to somebody who has the, the right knowledge. Now, uh, just rewinding time a little bit, because you said his name a little bit ago, but I like I he was part of my adolescence because my grandfather uh, was an avid uh, WJR in the morning with JP. Oh, sure. But yeah. I only have, you know, unfortunately, he passed when I was still rather young. So I got like a small window. 1990, 1995, JP yeah. McCarthy passed. But I think he was retired uh, from the air before he passed, right? No, no, no. No, he was still on the air. Okay. He was still, I, in fact, I was working with him when he when he passed away. Okay. He, I started in WJR in 1982 as a newscaster. And then they knew that I knew how to fly an airplane. Uh, Joel Alexander was the traffic reporter at the time. Okay. And Joel Alexander and I had an opportunity to talk about the flying that he was doing. He said, he invited me to come along in the helicopter once. I never did, but he remembered that I was a pilot. So when they offered him a job on the air to fill, to, to, to get into an afternoon on air slot, they said, well, do you know of anybody at the station that knows how to fly that we can teach to fly our heli the helicopter? And he said, well, Dennis told me he's a pilot. Why don't you ask him? And classic case of being in the right place at the right time. So yeah. I started flying as a broadcaster. I mean, I started as a, a newscaster in 82, hired by Rod Hansen, who's now been, has now been gone a few years. Rod, great, great guy. Joe Baccarella called me up one day. He was the head of programming for WJR. Joe Baccarella, fabulous individual. What a great character he was in broadcasting and he basically said listen i got an opportunity for you, you want to learn to fly the helicopter we'll pay you this that it turned out to be a great fit and yeah. i did that but i but i worked with jp every morning and then joel was the afternoon person so i was working with joel in the afternoon we did a split shift the helicopter was based at pontiac airport and i would go up to pontiac airport and get in the helicopter and fly the morning shift and then take a break in the midday and then come back in the afternoon that's okay. before the helicopter became part of the the news coverage right. as years went on they realized what they had and they had the asset they had in the helicopter and that it could not only be used for traffic but it could be used for news yep. and of course that's what it ended up becoming and of course with the camera on board in the in, in tv then it's huge now yeah. they use drones they use drones and helicopters there'll be fewer and fewer helicopters and be more drones as time goes on but JP yeah. was uh, just like working with Roberta. I worked with some incredible people in the in uh, in broadcasting. J JP McCarthy. Um, I worked with Tom Shannon of all people back at WTWR back in the late seventies, early eighties. He was over at CKWW in the heyday of CKLW. Tom Shannon just passed away, as a matter of fact. Right. What a great morning guy he was to work with. That was when I first became a newscaster in the late seventies. Uh, before going to New York and working for a radio network there for a short period of time and came back and worked for WJR. And then I worked with another great morning person in JP McCarthy, Joel Alexander in the afternoon, Jimmy Lance was there. I, Jimmy Lance was wonder all they all such, such wonderful people to work with. And then went on to channel seven, Eric Smith in the morning, fabulous. Doris Bisco was on at yeah. that time. And then they were, then it progressed to Alicia Smith. They are just, uh, Joanne Purton was on. I worked with her. I worked with Eric Smith, Eric Smith, the best in the business. There's couldn't, there, you know, there's no finer of a, a broadcaster. He's been retired now for years, but no finer yeah. a broadcaster than Eric Smith, just like JP McCarthy. And then now with Roberta, uh, in the morning, I feel like I worked with all the best in the business. It's, and it's not that you work with them either, Chad. It's like, you've got, mentors in your business and in, 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 in whether it's entertainment and so on, you look up to work, up, yeah. you look up to people in the police, in, in the police department. Those are people you look up to. These are the people I looked up to. So I'd ever say I work with JP McCarthy or I work with Eric Smith and I work with uh, Roberta. 
I kind of go to school. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If you listen, if you're a broadcaster and you're intent on being a better broadcaster, a better communicator, then you listen to how they do it. JP yeah. was an incredible interviewer. And so I listened to how he interviewed, but he was also just a fine man to work with on the air. Yeah. Eric Smith, the same way you listen to how they, they said things, how they communicated their knowledge of the community, just like Roberta in the morning with me now in the morning with I'm with her. I just, yeah. it's those, are the kind of wonderful things, wonderful history that I have. And then, but to start and work for 13 years before JP passed away, uh, uh, he was phenomenal. I mean, I can't even explain yeah. how great it was to work with him, you know? Uh, so to be in a helicopter and be, you know, be introduced by JP McCarthy, they say, Hey, captain, he called me captain Dennis and, or big red, you know, was another thing he, he knew because of my red hair. He'd say, Hey, right. big red, what's up, what's up today. And how's that sunshine look? Or I, you know, we just have a nice friendly conversation and it was a nat. He's a nat was a natural, you yeah. know what I mean? He was a natural. I mean, there's yeah. no, nobody better. Nobody I better. I still sometimes find myself going down like a YouTube wormhole at two o'clock in the morning when I'm off and wide awake. And it's yeah. funny, I kind of rotate between listening to old JP McCarthy clips sure. and not that I don't like any of the people they got working for them now, but my, you know, the nostalgia of it set in when I was younger. So I go back to Al Kaline and George Kell calling Tiger oh, sure, Games. Sure. Well, Yep. And I would cover those games from the helicopter. And I knew, I knew, Ernie, I didn't know it when I say I knew him, but I know Ernie Harwell. I knew yeah. a lot of those guys. I knew Mickey, some of those guys would come up, Bill Freehand, Mickey Stanley. I had them up in the helicopter, take them, took them for rides, you know, as part of, part of, you know, because of the association with the Detroit Tigers. What fine men, Bill Freehand. And six, 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 seven, sticking his head in that heli small helicopter with me. <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I, I, I laughed. I says, man, how are you fitting in this thing? He was such yeah. a great guy. I mean, they were such wonderful people to get to be part, to have me have an opportunity to fly them around, yeah. but to get to know them and know how, what kind of people they were, yeah. you know, this is a, we're talking about generational here. I grew up, Al Kaline was one of my heroes as a, right. as a, a boy playing Sandlot baseball. I mean, we all wanted to be Al Kaline or, or, or Willie Nell, uh, uh, who, who's, who am I thinking of? Willie Horton or, or Gates Brown or Jim Northrup or we, uh, Norm Cash. I mean, we want to, we want to, man, you know, yeah. but Babe Ruth pointed, we, those are the kind of, when you meet those people and there's so many hockey people that I met along the way, you know, that were, that would, that would cross paths with, you know, these are, these people are, I mean, just fine old school individuals, but there were a lot of new ones too. I mean, you know, I'm, I, I meet people like I work with, uh, not, he works at the other station, one of our stations in our building um, in Southfield, uh, Joanne Purton and J Jim Johnson, JJ, JJ okay. in the mornings now with, with Joanne. Well, he's been on the, for years talking to J uh, Jim Johnson, great guy, Ken Calvert, yeah. all these other people that I've, we've crossed paths with in broadcast. There's so many that I've never crossed paths with, but when you, when you talk, when you have a chance to talk, everyone in a while it's really a good feeling that you that you you know these people and yeah. that you've listened to them for years they really have a, a heart and soul for the for the motor city yeah. you know they're great people and 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 they all wanted to be i'm sorry they all wanted to be jp mccarthy right? yeah. yeah absolutely i'm sorry they i mean it, it, not all of them but a lot of them wanted to be jp mccarthy i yeah. you know and why would you not want to emulate the yeah. finest communicator and broadcaster around yeah. You know, I don't know. I just, that's for me, that was what I wanted to do. 
and it's it's funny too uh, when you mention eric smith's name because i haven't seen him uh obviously on the airwaves in a long time but as yep, soon as you as soon as you said his name subconsciously i could hear his voice in my head yeah like i yeah. i was still you know like there's just those yeah. certain people i could hear have... carmen harlan's voice like right now as you said i could yeah. hear i could hear doris bisco's voice i could hear joanne's i can hear alicia smith's i can hear yeah. eric's i can hear ken calvert's i can hear john o'leary i can hear all these men and women that have really made an impact on me those voices yeah they they come right to my head yeah. right instantly yeah, it's wild. So, that, that it's, a great, part it's, of, a great, it's a it's a great business. It was a, it's a great business to be part of. I, I know I'm not going to be in it forever. I, I don't know how long I'll last. Maybe who knows how long? You know, I'm I'll be 69 here soon. I'm still able to do it when I'm not able to do it, and I'm not able to communicate the the information to to our listeners. Then I shouldn't be on the air. I right. shouldn't be trying right. to do that. You're trying to do the best you possibly can. When you start to lose it, quote, quote unquote, as everybody says, that's why I don't fly anymore because I began to think, you know, my skills were beginning to wane a bit. I didn't want to keep up with the, the uh, studies that were necessary. My right. medical, I let my medical run out. So I wasn't, you know, I can have my license forever, but you can't act as a pilot unless you have a, an up-to-date medical. So right. I let my medical run out for a number of different reasons. I could still fly, I suppose, but I just don't have that feeling, that desire to do that anymore. Sure. You know, so, so, uh, I, I go with, I fly with other people. Um, but I, I get in an airliner and I fly to see my daughter in outside of Memphis, Tennessee, you know, you know right. where they where my son-in-law is based for FedEx corporation. So okay. that's fine for me. I go other places and I feel good about it. They lived in Hong Kong for a while. I was on an airplane as long as I've ever been on an airplane chat, I think I don't know that I'd ever want to do this on a regular basis. 16 hours from Newark, New Jersey on a United Airlines 777 all the way to Hong Kong. Ooh. You get eight hours into the flight and you begin to think, oh, eight hours. Oh, I still have eight hours to go. Yeah. And you begin to question your sanity about that time thinking, yeah. I want off of this airplane like right now. Yeah, and for sure. It ain't happening, you know. And so, you know, it's, but for me, flying an airplane myself again someday i probably won't ever do that sure. again but i had a good time and i i really it feels almost like a dream yeah flying a helicopter and broadcasting from a helicopter i feel fortunate that i i survived uh, a, a crash in the helicopter broke my back broke a back uh, the back of a friend who was along uh, for the ride with me that morning I was doing traffic for for jr at the same time we we're going back to pontiac airport and i was showing him a maneuver and we hit the ground too hard and broke my back almost killed each other you know i it was my fault so i learned a lesson from that so i feel but i feel very fortunate you know your your business look what you're involved in i yeah. mean my goodness gracious you just hope that you're going to come home every day yeah we pray yeah. for we pray for you every day our law enforcement the people involved in the, the law enforcement community our first responders my goodness gracious you know as an air ambulance helicopter having then had to land on the freeway yeah. with the helicopter there for prometica and have the freeway shut down have first responders come take care of the victims or the people who were involved in the crash, watch them work, be in the helicopter with flight medics and flight nurses, watch them work. The effort that's made, if the people that criticize this whole <laughs> environment knew the work that these men and women do to save your life, yeah. it's, you, would, you, would, you would be humbled by the experience, but just watching them and being around them, I was, it, was, it floored me. It just, yeah. 
it made me it made me really open my eyes even more to, to how beautiful this world can be with the beautiful some of the people that are in it that try so hard to make our lives even better yeah and it, it's it's amazing well after being in government work for almost a quarter century now I, the one thing that i learned that is actually i don't want to say made the job easier but it made it a little less stressful for me is that i do everything i can as often as i can to just at least in my own bubble to just keep the politics out of it because mm. that's the stuff that just you know you can't control everything that goes on around you you know mm-hmm. uh and you know, law enforcement and public safety in general, it always, it's a pendulum swing. It always goes back and forth, you know, uh, we'll get, we'll get vilified for a long time and then slowly it'll swing the other way. Uh, obviously, you know, in in the court of public opinion nationwide right now, we're pretty vilified and I'm not going to sit here and say that I don't think that some of that's not justified, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, 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 listen. I, right. I bet you in my business too. I, there, there are some not. There were not some. There, I met some pilots along the way, Chad, that you and I would not have wanted to be in an airplane with. You right. know, I, yeah. I met some broadcasters that I would prefer to think that I hope I never work with them on the air. Yeah. Ever. You know. Yeah. So, um, you're right. They're in every business. You get yeah. the, the vilification. I will say this: the other day, I couldn't believe that I was watching that funeral for that young police officer in new york city yeah to see that sea of blue humanity oh, yeah. yeah on that road yeah. through new york city mm-hmm. i was stunned and overwhelmed by what i saw yeah. and if that doesn't change you and your opinion or not so much your opinion i mean you're right there's going to be there's going to be bad apples in every in every bushel basket i get it right but that just showed the the feeling and the and the commitment and the honor that was being shown to this young officer was very soon on this job and soon gone yeah you know um who's just who hired on because he wanted to make a difference in the community i'm sure you that's that's you you're making a difference in the community chad yeah thank you for what you're doing but it's it's he was not alone that day was he he was thousands there were thousands of police officers from you know, all from everywhere around the world, all yeah. around the country, but from New York City alone. Yeah. I don't know how they even covered the rest of what was going on in the community. <laughs> they were all there. Yeah. It was amazing. You know, I spent the first 10 years of my career working for Detroit police. And unfortunately, I've been to my fair share of police funerals. Okay. Uh, and some of them ha- have been pretty large, but I've never I've never seen uh, there, there's a photo I saw. I think it was on Facebook the other day. Somebody was on a rooftop and they were taking it at an angle away from them. Wow! Well, I have to look that up. I, I, it, there's just no way. Like I looked at it for a second. Like God, could you zoom in on this and count the hats to? And so I tried to zoom in on it, and it, there's just no way. Like uh, the, I couldn't even. I couldn't even imagine how many people were there. You know, that's uh, that's huge. Good. Well, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's the, like you said, maybe that's the pendulum swing again. Right. Yeah. I mean, in my business as a broadcaster, uh, I, I work with JP McCarthy for years, but I still to this day can't tell you where, how he voted. 
<laughs> yeah. That's uh, old school. That's, yeah. that's old school. I, uh, yeah. <clears throat> I want to be an old school broadcaster. Sure, I have my personal opinions inside, but you don't, that's not my, that's not what I'm supposed to do as a broadcaster. Right. You want to hear my traffic report. You don't want to know how I voted last week or exactly. how I'm going to vote yep. or what I think of who, this person or that person. That's yeah. not important. As a broadcaster, you need to shut your mouth and just do your job and be a yep. reporter and tell the facts. Yeah. In such a way that people understand. That's yeah. what that's the that's the bottom line. That's for yeah. me, that's the bottom line at least. And JP and a lot of the people I work with over the years, I didn't know how they voted. Yeah. I, and I never asked them, but I never knew, but I never knew. And they and he interviewed everybody from both sides of the the, the aisle, independents. Yep. You know, he he radicals, liberal, everybody. He 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 interviewed everybody, but sure. you couldn't tell. Yeah, and I think and I, that that's that's the true measure of that of his broadcast prowess. That's that's yeah. important. Yeah, I think I I, I think I, well, I can't speak for anybody else, but I think I think the vast majority of us uh, wish, you know, it would return to that instead of, you know, whether you lean left or you lean right, because that's I, I think that's just a, a you know that debate can go on to infinity, and you know sure and, and, sure and in the same point, while all that debate's going on, all it does is just grind everything else to a halt. Like, well, you know, it, it for me, it's it's a for, for me, it's a wrong it's the wrong pathway to go. So I just I just avoid it unless I'm yeah. you know we 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 were we I'm talking with my family or my my friends yeah. and we're just discussing things because it's fun to discuss. Like you said, you wanna you wanna find out a little bit what, what's going on. Keep tempo, keep pace sure. because you want to find out what other people have to say. I mean, that's yeah. part of the, my job as a broadcaster as well as a reporter. You know, I like chronicling what's going on, you know, and, and, and listening to what people have to say, because as a reporter, I would report that. That's yeah. that's very, very important. But beyond that, that's as far as I go. Right. It's not for me to give my opinion necessarily um, on the air or to right. anybody else else in, in the in the public. I don't think they really care yeah. what I what I what I think yeah. anyway. It, you know, it, it, I'm just it, trying to make sure somebody gets on I-94 tomorrow morning <laughs> and they they get to the airport on time. I, yeah. I, I and I, I like that. I like that aspect. I'm, yeah. I'm excited if I can help them do that. And if they well, get there and they're appreciative of it and they let me know, fine. If they don't, I'll have to think, well, Oh, I, I helped somebody today. It's well, okay. And, you know, and, I, and for me, you have to understand for me, I never, I never was involved in the military. I, I, um, I graduated from high school, Dearborn High, born and raised in Dearborn in 1971. In 71, there was still the draft. And my draft number came up and I was number 67. But, um, you know, I was really talking with my dad, who was a World War II veteran like your grandfather, and yeah. really discussing this. And he 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 was having some trouble with what was going on over there, sure. like a lot of the generation was. And so we were dus discussing, he said, well, he said, Dennis, he said, I don't expect you to to, to dodge the draft. He, he said, if you, if you're going to do anything, he said, then you want to get a deferment and go to college. I'll agree to that. You know, I respected my dad's opinion in which I did. Right. I got a deferment. I went to Henry Ford community college and then the draft ended. So I never was, I never was drafted. Uh, but I met so many men and women, men in particular who were in the Vietnam war, who number one, they became my instructors as helicopter pilots. They're the finest helicopter pilots yeah. I've ever been around. Oh my gosh. I mean, they were unbelievable. Some are still around. Yep. A lot of them were gone and, yep. but I learned so much from them. But, you know, when I talked to them about what they, their experiences there, um, they, they just, it's, it's a real gut wrenching thing to hear the yep. experiences yep. they had. I'm glad I didn't do it. I almost joined the military along the way. And ironically, I was accepted to fly in the air force as a helicopter pilot when I was 27 years old. And wow. because of some things that were going on in my personal life, I turned it down. 
And I, I look back on that and I think, gee, I, you know, that would have been a nice opportunity. Well, and ironically, then I, I'm, I ended up flying helicopters. <laughs> and so things do happen along the way. But, you know, for me, now knowing that I didn't do that, the, the people who give service to the community, like you're giving service to the community, people in the military that give service, first responders, those are my, those are the ones to me that mostly have my undying admiration. You have my undying admiration. And so my, my respect goes to them initially, anybody who got off of a boat on, at Omaha beach in yeah. Normandy at 17 years old and made yeah. it past those German guns gets my instant respect yeah. and gratitude. And so did I chicken out? Well, okay, maybe I did by getting the draft from it. So now if that's the case, all these years, what I've tried to do is, okay, I'll fly the helicopter safely and I'll be a, the best broadcaster I can and hopefully serve the public by giving them traffic information yeah. or news information. Or, or So I've tried to give back in my profession as a broadcaster and as a teacher for a while there too, I was a teacher, flight instructor. I tried to think that I'm going to try to do the best I can to make the community a better place. Not that I'm going to be a hero in all this, but I can at right. least do something, you know? <laughs> so now as a broadcaster in the morning, if I get somebody, like I said, to the airport on time, that makes, I feel like I've offered a service. And yeah. to me, that's what feels good. So when I talk to men and women who have been in the military, who've been in service like yourself, it, it, there's a certain weave that goes through the fabric you know yeah. i'll never know exactly what it's like to have been in combat although my buddy and i that were involved in that helicopter crash he and i were he just passed away within the past couple of weeks of a long bout with cancer terry hulan great guy the finest man i've ever met in my life he just passed away but he and i whenever we saw one another there was that instant bond you know yeah. what i mean that that yeah. that that putting the, the two together right yeah. automatically yeah. you know yeah. we knew exactly what happened that day we, we know exactly the depth of it. You've probably experienced so many things in law enforcement where it bonded you guys together and, and made you the people that you are. And that bond, it can't, it's, it can't be broken. No, there's no. nothing. There's, there's a, the band of brothers, I yep. guess is what it is. It's yeah, the band you, of brothers. And you can go years without seeing yeah. somebody and ah, you, you yeah. pick, pick it right back up where you left off it's it's yeah yeah it, so it's interesting. Yeah, so you know who long who knows how long this will last you know what i mean maybe this far chad i mean i'm excited about you and your career as a, as a stand-up comedian i mean that's kind of cool that you're doing that well, i mean that's it's, you know and I, that's being on stage in front of people i don't know man how you do that that's well, fantastic and i can tell you dennis uh, uh, had i before i started doing it i would have never known this uh, but because I, I had chewed on it for a long time when I was younger, but you know, it's really difficult to kind of jump feet first into something like that when you got younger kids, you know. So, uh, I kind of just let it float around the back of my head for a long time. And, and then when my kids got older, I had carpal tunnel surgery on both of my hands a few years back, and uh, so I was off work for a little while because I had stitches and st you can't be out there and have that going on. So I actually signed up. I took a, a, a just an introductory class at Mark Ridley's in Royal Oak, and uh, then I started doing the the because you got to start at the bottom and just kind of climb your way. And so I started doing open mics, and for the first probably nine months of that, I, I just sucked every time <laughs> I stood in front of a mic. It was just it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around 
you know, how to make a joke fun because anybody can be funny to their buddies. Oh, you know, I don't know how you do it. I, I, that's, that's it's a totally, talent. totally different to do it to yeah. to a crowd of two hundred and fifty or five hundred people. Yeah. Not only that you don't know, but they also all come into it with a level of expectation when they sit down. Yeah, uh, and it so it took me a, a, a while to kind of understand the 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 workings of it. Uh, but once I kind of came around that curve, I, I've been addicted to it ever since. I, I you know how, how often how often do you perform? Well, before COVID, I was every weekend that I wasn't working. I mean, I was driving twenty, thirty thousand miles a year doing comedy, and you know, I own my own production company on top of it to do more. Uh, right. And then COVID hit, and boom! Over the course of 2020, 2021, I was probably on a stage five times in twenty-four months. Is, is it going to change this year? Yeah, like I, I've started. I did a show uh, up north in the Thumb uh, for a Lions Club. Uh, about a week and a half ago, they it's I, I do a lot of fundraisers uh, uh, with my That's production nice. company, and That's so nice the idea. the Lions Club uh, they they make enough money off the show I produce for them to pretty much pay for the little league program every summer without having wow. to have the kids, uh, you know, sell uh, candy bars or pizza kits or stuff like that. So That's fabulous. Yeah, and I'm doing a show down here in the Monroe area this weekend for a Relay for Life team. Oh, wow. Uh, and, and are you uh, are you generally are you generally a, a this is a strange question to ask. Um, clean is not the word, but is it generally on the up, up and up when when it comes to your comedy? Are you raising the bar? Are you getting yeah. down in the gutter or what 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 I mean? Um, you know, what, what, I what try I try to be true when I go up there. What I mean by that is whether I'm on stage or it's after the show and then you're talking to me as you're getting ready to leave to go home, I try to be the same person all the way across the board. Like trying to be somebody you're not, that's just too much work to maintain that. Um, yeah. Now, I'm not going to lie. I cuss on stage. <laughs> uh, sure. And I talk about uh, I talk about stuff that I know about. Like I, I I don't venture into religion. I don't venture into politics. That's something for somebody else to do. I talk about uh, being a family man and having kids and the process of them going from, you know, uh, twelve and thirteen to uh, uh, hitting that teenage years. And I try and talk about and and touch on topics that. Everybody sitting out there, in some way or another, they've had something similar like that happen in their lives, where they can relate to it. And it take I I think, at least in my opinion, I'm I'm one sided, but I think if you can if you can touch somebody where they've had something very similar or maybe even almost identical in that fashion, that it makes it even funnier because they got yeah. they, there's an emotional attachment that like. The, something will rise up. I can't tell because I, I have four boys and three girls. Uh, so, yeah. And I can't tell you how many times after a show people will come up and be like, oh my God, and you were talking about your sons and my boys are just like that. Like, do you, were you, did you sneak in my house? You know, and that's how I know I got it. You know, they, you're I can. The nerve. Yeah. You're, you're hitting the nerve. Yeah. And, Way to go. You know, especially there's times, you know, I still talk uh, on stage like my kids are still younger. Most of my kids are now adults and on their own. Yeah. <clears throat> but all I have to do a lot of times is just kind of sit back 
have a little notepad and a pen in my hand and just take notes. It just works itself well, you out. Know, I was talking <laughs> to somebody the other day, the, the bathroom at work says, you know, um, our aim is to keep uh, this facility clean. You know, it's in the bathroom. Your aim would help. Yeah. And I laughed about that. But I remember my dad who smoked camels. That was what, what was in his um, military pack. I think there yeah. were camels, Lucky Strikes, Pall Mall. There may have been a filter cigarette. I, my dad and I never really talked much about it. He died at 60. So as if he would have, would have been around now or older years, I would have probably talked more and more about it. And maybe would have had an opportunity for him to go back to some of his, uh, see, meet some of his buddies that he was in North Africa with and, you know, in France and Italy and so on. But he, yeah. you know, he did, he, he's, he still spoke camels. And, and so, but for him, he, he knew, he knew my brother and I were, you know, we're boys. So he would, you know, he, he, I'll just give you, you don't have to be, I don't have to be vivid about this, but you can imagine what it was like as a boy, my dad would put his cigarette out. Guess where? In, in the, the toilet. toilet. Yep. Well, an unfiltered camel with a thin paper coating is pretty, pretty uh, uh, available to you to shoot at with a stream of water. Okay. You get it. <laughs> yeah. And that helped. So my dad would laugh. He'd say, He'd say, well, you know, he, I know what my dad was doing now looking back on this, Chad. He was, he was keeping he was keeping us, keeping our, yep. our spray yep. in the toilet and not all over the floor. So mom had, at that time, mom had to clean it up, you know, or yep. he had to clean it up. Yep. And I thought, well, isn't that something? Little yep. things like that. He would just laugh, you know. Oh, yeah. And he's, you know, but that, that, that little butt, that little camel in the toilet, you know, was an aiming point for my oh, brother yeah. and me. And yeah, it, it worked every time. We were so proud of ourselves that we destroyed that little butt. Oh, yeah. It broke yeah. Up. You know, it was so. But that, when you're talking about when it comes to comedy for families, I think, oh, my gosh, there's so oh, much. Uh, I I can subject tell, material. I can tell you, Dennis, I have between because I I watched an interview a long time ago and I can't remember the name of the stand up that was talking, but he said, I take a notepad everywhere I go. He said, because you never know in the fleeting moment, something pops into your head and it could be a million dollar idea. If you don't sure. write that down, you're never going to remember it with, with everything else coming at you throughout the course of the day. You'll never. So between. Hey, Siri, no, remember this. <laughs> yeah, well, between notepads I have and. My phone, actually, I will, a lot of times at work, will be talking about something and something will pop into my head and I'll be, oh, hold on a second. You can use and this I'll, recorder. Well, I don't usually record it. I'll send myself a text message just with oh, the, premi the premise of what I was yeah. thinking. I send, um, I still send myself emails. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and my email about a traffic information. I'll think to myself, oh, I got to remember this for next week yeah. when this happens. So I'll send myself an email. And then I'll open it up the next day and I'll put that somewhere so I can remember to report that yep. that following day or that next week or whatever. Yeah. So I don't, so I don't skip a beat. It's basically yep. what it boils down to. Yeah. And it's between the notepads I have and I got, I probably got 1100 text messages to myself. Some of them are just like that's one great. word, you know, cause that word will tell, Oh, that's what I was thinking, you know? And then yeah. I'll, so you're, uh, so you're basically doing now, what do you think one at once every two weeks? So you're now coming up in Monroe coming up this week. And then, then in February, you'll have a couple of gigs yep. and then I got, you know, I got and, and so on. And, oh, that's and cool. I worked for a lot of other people before. And they're going to look for your name, right? I mean, you don't go by any other name. I'm no, assuming, no, right? no, 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 no. I, okay. I, I, yeah, I just, uh, and slowly the gigs through other people and other places are starting to come back as well. Um, no, so, great. you know, they're, yeah, the, yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping six to nine months from now, I'm back to 
going a hundred miles an hour with my hair on fire between a regular job and performing sure. and, and still trying to be well, just stay safe dad. on the roads, man. Yeah. You know, stay, 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 stay safe, pal. Yeah. Well, I, a couple things I want to just that, uh, I, I thought about when you were talking earlier and then, uh, I can get you, uh, cause I'm sure you're ready for, uh, probably got to, you know, take your pill and have dinner. So, uh, yeah, you probably need to go to get, get a nap before nighttime comes. <laughs> Actually, I don't, I don't work tonight. So, but. Oh, good. Oh, the, good. All the right. one thing I, I, I wanted you to understand, cause probably, I don't know if anybody's ever explained this to you before, but, and you probably don't think about it on your own, but your voice, I, to, I, I, I don't even want to speculate. I think at certain times in the morning, maybe a hundred, 150,000 people, I think, your voice represents a certain level of security and trust to people because you know if they're if they're, they're you know if i'm rolling down the street and all of a sudden it backs up and i flip on uh 950 oh there's dennis i know he's telling yeah. me the truth now you know? now you've done it chad because i got to remember what you do <laughs> in an audience you know there are you know, 200 people in the room but you're still probably talking to one or two or three of those people right and well, see for me when I when I flip the mic on, I'm thinking I'm talking to one person. Yeah. And if I can get that the information that one person that's gotten me through this, yeah. uh, I could never think. And I think that's what I re remember about uh, J.P. McCarthy that when the microphone came on, he was talking to me. Everybody I talk to now says, "Oh yeah, he was talking to me." No, he was yeah. talking to me. Yeah. That is really important. And as a, you know. As a, a stand-up comedian, I mean, if I'm in the audience, I'm thinking, "Oh man, Chad just hit it. He's he's right. That happened to me the other day, man. That's cool, you know. Yeah, you know. Yep. So yeah, that's so for me, that's nice of you to say. I never give that a whole lot of thought. Um, I, I in fact, oh. I haven't given it a, a, sure. really any thought. I mean, that's a, nice to think that that's the case. But if I let those hundred and fifty thousand people down, right, that would make me feel really bad, Chad. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You, that yeah. would make me feel terrible. Well, and uh, I, I can understand why you would never, uh, that thought wouldn't cross your mind because no. you are in a unique position solely because you are never going to flip on the radio and listen to Dennis tell you how to get through traffic. No, yeah, I try, to, I try to remember, you probably watch your shows every once in a while, try to review, make sure you make, maybe make a different, go a different direction, different inflection, yep. different things like that in your, in your delivery on things, which yep. is probably not a bad idea. I listen every once in a while. To my reports, but not often. Yeah. I used to do a talk show for for Madonna University for many years, hundreds of shows where I hosted Madonna Magazine, then became Celebrate Michigan. Great show put together by the students there in the broadcast and cinema arts program. But I hardly ever watched those shows. I always hoped somebody else would give me the praise and the criticism. I thought if I look at it, I can learn. Yeah, there's nothing not that I can't learn from listening to myself because right. I do still do that yeah. or watching myself. But usually if if I've triggered a problem or a, a, there's a, a spot that needs to be remedied, it's usually a listener that will call, whether it's yeah. my boss or whether it's another person or even a family member. Somebody will say, hey, did you remember what you said the other day? And I'll say, well, no. And they'll tell me, I'll think, oh, my gosh, yeah. I didn't pay any attention to that. So for you, you're probably doing the same. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, I will do that every once in a while. I won't do it yeah. very often, but I do it enough that it's a check mark. You yeah. know, it's a making sure. Yeah. See, in my world, I don't have to wait for feedback. It's pretty instantaneous. Either they laugh yeah. or they don't. Oh, there you go. You know, and you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, well, there you go. You figure there you it go. out. You figure it out there pretty you quick. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the other thing I wanted to tell you uh, is. 
because you talked earlier about uh, being 69 and you didn't necessarily know how long you were going to keep going. Uh, but I know from the vast majority of the public that I work with, the people that keep going, just keep going. It's the yep. people that, it's okay. the people that, it's the people what that just, it's the people that just sit down and stop moving. That's when, well, for me, you know, this, yeah. this is a kind of a hobby for me, just like the flying was a hobby for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, uh, people are my hobby. People are, uh, my job is my, is my hobby. A lot of people they'll sew, read, make things yeah. and so on. And I admire them greatly. you you look at your hobby. I mean, this is, it's a profession in, yeah. in, as well, but for, for, but for me, you know, I, I like to fish. So, I mean, I'll go, I, I like to go to Canada. So I'll go to Canada this summer and fish for a little while, fish up North and, and so on. I'm not, I'm not a great fisherman, but I've loved, I love my dad started me as a kid fishing, fished in Florida, fished a lot of different places. So fishing for me is one thing. I enjoy a good walk, nature walk and so on. Those are very yeah. important to me, but my job really has become kind of my hobby. Chad, yeah. it really has. And so, um, when the time comes to walk out the door and shut the microphone off for the last time, um, I'll feel really good about it. Uh, I sure will miss it, but I think I'll feel like, Hey, I tried the best I could to be the best sure. broadcaster. I could yeah. best communicator. I could, um, and, and, and hold my chin up. And then you'll see me out at the airport, Metro airport <laughs> as one of those DTW ambassadors, helping people <laughs> go to their gate. I want to yeah. do that. Something where I'm with people and I can talk yeah. with them and, and interact with them and so sure. on. And when I'm just at home, you know, I can enjoy the time with my family, my dog, my being outside. I'm fine. You yeah. know, it's, it's feeling like, like you said, you've made it, you, you, your audience has given you a, a wonderful ovation and thanked you for the great time of your entertainment, Chad. Mm-hmm. That is your payment. My payment is knowing that the listeners have been benefit have tried. I've tried to benefit the listeners in some way, shape or form with right. information that's going to help start their day off. Right. Mm-hmm. If I can and, uh, or end it, uh, uh, right. That's important to me. And yeah. if I do that, I'll, I'll feel good about it. Sure. Well, and plus, you know, the more you have to do and go and leave the house, then that, uh, works as your advantage as well, because then Mrs. Newbacher can't just come out with a, a honeydew list that just <laughs> rolls, rolls no, down the floor, girl. like Santa Claus's list. You know? <laughs> she's, she's pretty, she's pretty good though. She's, oh, she's, not bad. Sure. she's a good, she's a good boss. She's yeah. a good boss. <laughs> I'm sure she is, but if all of a sudden no, she think- sees, all of a sudden she sees a big old wide open space in your calendar. Yeah. She might find things to fill it up with, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it is, it's a, it's a real pleasure talking with you though, Chad, this is very, oh, pre- I'm, honored, is... I'm honored that you would ask me. I'm, I yeah, really mean absolutely. that. It's very kind of you to ask me and I'm, I'm thrilled to uh, be spending time with you. It's wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. I, I, I enjoyed this immensely. Uh, Thank you. Dennis, I'm going to be honest with you. I learned a lot of stuff today. Uh, and you, well, me too. You are a very engaging person. It's really easy to well, talk to you. Thank you know? you. Very and, kind of you. Uh, it's probably a good thing I'm not your neighbor because you'd be trying to kick me out all the time. Like, <laughs> 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 well, uh, no, I wouldn't do that to you, Chad. <laughs> no way. <laughs> but I, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I really appreciate it. And uh, I wish you nothing but the best going forward for the rest of your days for you, you and too. your you entire family. You, thank you. You stay safe. And thank you for uh, the honor of being part of your, your day today. This is real joy. Thank you very, very much. Best it. to you and your family, Chad. And and good luck on stage too. Um, um, right. Hopefully someday I'll get a chance to cross paths and hear 
and, and watch you someday. That'll be fun. That'd be fun for me. It would be a great it, honor. It'd be a lot of it fun. Would be an, it would be an enjoyable th- evening, I think, for both of us. Thanks, man. But, thank you. All right, Dennis. Thank you, take you it very easy. much. You too. Thanks buddy. a lot. Continued success with your podcast. We'll thank see you, soon, man. All right. Thanks, Jed. Yep. Bye.